Welcome to the Cal Current Podcast, presented by the Law Offices of Snell and Wilmer. This is a legal podcast that examines a variety of current legal issues that affect individuals and businesses here in California and beyond. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Steffi Haven, for this episode of Cal Current. Today, I'd like to talk about virtual estate planning. Now, what do I mean by that? I'm not talking about planning for your avatar or some sort of futuristic concept. I'm talking about something as basic as protecting the things most important to you now. Protecting your family, your business, your key employees, your health, your wealth, your philanthropic and community giving goals. I'm talking about protecting your legacy and doing it all from the comfort of your home now with the tools we have today. Now let's get into what I mean when I say estate planning, and then more specifically, virtual estate planning. The what, the why, the when, the where, and the how. So first, what is estate planning? Estate planning is putting down into writing on paper what you want to have happen with your assets if you are incapacitated or upon your passing. A typical estate plan includes a revocable trust, which is also known as an inter vivos or living trust, a will, a durable power of attorney, and an advanced healthcare directive. Now let's talk a little more about each specific document. First, we have a revocable trust. Revocable trust is where you as trustor or the creator of the trust can appoint a trustee, also known as a fiduciary, to hold assets for the benefit of your beneficiaries. So the trustee will manage the investments of the assets and the ultimate distribution of the assets to or for the benefit of your beneficiary based on your wishes and your directions. The person who manages the assets could be different than the person who distributes the assets. And there really are an exponential number of ways that a trust can be written. The trust is where we would account for all kinds of different planning efficiencies, tax efficiencies, as well as where we would plan for potential beneficiary issues, such as special needs planning or specific drug and alcohol provisions or specific uh, milestones throughout their life in order to help keep um, kids motivated. This is also where we would deal with the nuances of a business. So potentially different ways that specific assets would be handled. Maybe specific pieces of real estate would be handled. This is where it becomes really important that you have an estate planner that's listening to you and listening to the, uh, the information about the underlying dynamics in the family and the business to help you come up with provisions that will give your family members an opportunity to grieve and not just fight with one another. I'll get into this more later in the podcast, but you know, when I talk about virtual estate planning, I'm not talking about removing that human and emotional element that is so important to making sure that you get your plan right. So the next document is a will. So we typically use pour over wills, which are intended to ensure that all of your assets are properly titled and funded into the name of your trust. Wills do other things as well. Um, but most importantly for parents with young children is a will is where you can name your guardians of the person who is the person who will physically take custody and take care of your child, your minor child and guardian of the estate 
who is the person who will watch and manage the money for the benefit of the child until they become age of majority. The next document is called a durable power of attorney. And a durable power of attorney is a document where you name somebody to manage your assets for you that are outside of your trust on your behalf if you become incapacitated. Now, you can also have durable powers of attorney become effective immediately, so regardless of capacity for particular purposes, but generally you have a durable power of attorney effective upon, upon incapacity, so you have a backup plan if something were to happen to you um, with respect to assets not in your trust. Um, this could also include answering or initiating litigation on your behalf. It can include uh, opening bank accounts and different things as well. And the last document I'm going to talk about is an advanced healthcare directive. Now, this is a really important document because this is where you name your agents who will make healthcare decisions for you when you are unable to. So when you're incapacitated. So your healthcare agent will be the one speaking with the doctors and making decisions about treatment, um, as well as the choice to prolong life or not to prolong life, and as well as carrying out your wishes after your passing. And those are the basic estate planning documents that we're going to cover in today's episode. As I'm sure you can tell, we could have an entire episode dedicated to each of those documents and all of the different customization that can be done and a lot of the planning issues that come up. But we'll leave that for future episodes. So now that we've talked about estate planning and you understand generally what it means to say estate planning, let's talk about virtual estate planning. So virtual estate planning is coming up with all of this, a fully dynamic customized plan from the comfort of your home or from the comfort of wherever you are now um, without having to physically come into a law firm office. Now, I know what a lot of you are thinking right now. This already exists. You can already go online and create an estate plan. But that is not what I'm talking about when I say virtual estate planning. I'm not talking about going online, reading some blurbs, answering some questions, and checking some boxes and having a plan. A real, a thorough estate plan requires more than that. It requires somebody to listen to you to really understand the dynamics of the family, to understand the complexities of the assets, the complexities of the business, and to help guide you to a plan based on all of those issues. Every estate plan is different. Every estate plan is based on a specific person, and it's not just substituting out the names. There is customization that is needed to account for different situations. There is the need to understand the interplay of all these different things to then help guide you to what the options are out there. And all of those sorts of things really require somebody who can connect with you emotionally, who can ask you the right questions, who can guide you in the right direction. And so when I say virtual estate planning, I still mean getting the benefit of an expert lawyer um, who is completely attuned to all the different options and planning strategies out there, but who is also going to listen to understand and to help give advice and make um, this easier for you and give you direction. This emotional side of it can't be replaced by a screen or by a computer. So instead, with virtual estate planning, I'm talking about combining this. So using the digital capabilities that we have today, along with a real person on the other side to come up with your plan. So we'll get into more of what that looks like on the how. But before that, we will go to the why. 
So why is estate planning important? Well, we've already touched on this a little bit through this episode. If estate planning is done well, estate planning can not only protect your wealth and your legacy and your beneficiaries, but it can harmonize the inherent conflicts that exist between family members, between your business, uh, key employees, etc. It can preserve relationships. No matter how well we think we've raised our kids or how well our family gets along, you know, humans are very complex and with lots of emotions. And so the interplay between humans, there's always going to be inherent conflicts. So let's think about it. You know, the passing of a family member can be one of the most devastating times in the life of loved ones. It can rock and try the very fabric of your family. In what scenario would you, as a business person or just a human, lead your loved ones or key people into a devastating event that you all know will happen without a plan. So let's look at a couple of examples. So let's say you're young family with young children. You have family members on both sides that love your children. And if you pass away without nominating a guardian, which you know would make your choice known, your loved ones armed with nothing but the love that they have for your children and the grief that they are feeling, could do devastating damage to the relationships with the different sides of the family and the foundation that your kids know just to fight over custody of the minor children. Whereas if you instead let your wishes be known, you could potentially stop that entire conflict, that entire fight, and give everybody the opportunity to preserve their relationship. Another example, maybe you're older and you're more experienced and you know your kids have different skill sets. You know that one of them potentially is better with math. One is potentially better with the art side of things. You know that they both want to be in the family business. Or better yet, maybe there's varying levels of interest. And we all know that sibling rivalry exists and is very real. Why leave behind a mess where your children are so busy fighting each other that they're not given the opportunity to grieve the loss and the opportunity to preserve their relationship? Why transition your inheritance instead to the lawyers who will help to referee that fight? With all of the estate planning, it really is important to not just look at the assets and the dollars, but the emotional cost and the people cost at the end of this. Having a reasoned and clear plan can help prevent conflict. It can allow your loved ones the opportunity to move through their stages of grief in the time that they need, and it can help to preserve the relationships. And if that right there is not enough reason for you, well, it can also save money on taxes, not to mention attorney's fees on the administrations after your passing. So there's certainly the economic motivation as well. Now let's move on to the next question, the when. When is it important to engage in estate planning? I always tell my clients that the best time is as soon as possible. Now I'm not saying you need to have an overly complicated estate plan straight away. For some people, they might still be building their wealth. And for other people, perhaps you've built your wealth, but it's more streamlined at this point. But everybody should have a plan that meets the complexity of your life and your relationships. And they should strive to put that plan together as soon as possible. Because all of us know that we will need the plan eventually. We just don't know when. And this brings us to our next question, the where. As the world temporarily goes virtual, The where truly can mean from wherever you want to be, wherever you feel more comfortable doing this planning. This could be from your home. It could be from your office. It could be from one of your vacation homes. It could be from your RV in the middle of a national park, wherever. 
And in terms of the wherever for your estate planner, your estate planning attorney should be licensed to practice law in the state of your residence. So that means even though you may live in California and have a home in Montana, your estate planner should be uh, licensed to practice law in California, where you are a resident, the place that you intend to return to. And your estate planner is very important, not only that they're licensed to practice in the state of where, where you're located, but it's also important that they are not only intellectually equipped to deal with the complexities of your assets, to deal with tax law, that they really are an expert in tax and estate planning, and that they're emotionally equipped to deal with the specifics of your family dynamics and to help you to work through your planning issues. But they also need to be digitally equipped to marry this all together in the current environment in a way that ensures that your planning objectives are made. And this last part is really important being able to provide you with those digital tools in addition to the intellectual and emotional tools to get all of this right for you. And that brings us to the next question, the how. So again, as the world goes virtual, it becomes really important that you're able to work digitally to get what you need done, done. And again, sure, there's been the ability for a while to go online, to click boxes and to create an estate plan. But that is not the how that I am talking about. When I say virtual estate planning, it is including the rest of the dynamics as well to come up with a complex, holistic plan that will harmonize all the issues. So how can we accomplish this? Well, some of our clients are very visual. You know, for some clients, in, when they come into the law office, it becomes very important to sketch out what the different plans could look like. It might be sketching it out on a notepad. It may actually be going up to a whiteboard and sketching out the way, the flow of how assets will, will, uh, go down towards the next family line and the next family line after that and how you will create different entities and trusts to manage your needs. And so for many people now in this virtual estate planning world, it'll be very important to be able to have a virtual classroom. And that means uh, a shared whiteboard where your planner can actually draw out the details, the various structures, all of it with you real time um, digitally so that you can see it. And, you know, all of this means talking about your level of comfort with technology. And so for some, perhaps it will just be a video conference where you actually want to see one another to connect on the different issues. I've found that it's really important to take those visual cues for my clients to understand what they're saying in terms of the words coming out of their mouth, but what they're saying in terms of their body language and the rest of it. I mean, for humans, the way we communicate is so much more than just the words. So having the capability to do the video conferences when you're having your meetings can be important and having the ability to help you um, work through the plan and make changes real time is also important. For some clients, you know, after a plan has been drafted and we're working through it together, it might mean sitting side by side and looking at the provisions together. Well, in our new digital virtual world, what that would mean is perhaps a shared screen where the document is up on the screen and, and, you know, your planner has a stylus and is able to point and underline the provisions that he or she is explaining to you so that then you can look at them more closely or go back and look at them on your own. And all of that together, the ability to basically do the same thing you would do in a 
law firm setting, but virtually in a virtual classroom or virtual law firm setting can be really important to get this right and to make sure that you understand all the different options and opportunities and the different dynamics are accounted for. Now, after the plan is drafted and after you've worked through the revisions and you've gotten yourself to somewhere where you feel comfortable with the plan, that might mean that your your estate planner needs to help coordinate how this is all going to become finalized. So it might be coordinating a travel notary who will come to your home to help you sign your documents in front of a notary using social distancing techniques. Uh, In some events, this might mean from your front yard, from your backyard, um, whatever makes you more comfortable. For some, it, it also might be possible to use a virtual notary. So in the state of California, we still haven't, as of June 2020, passed legislation that allows for California notaries to do notarizations virtually. However, the laws of California do say that if a notarization is valid in the state in which it's complete, it'll be found valid in California. So some states across the U.S. do allow for virtual notarization. So there may be a way for you to have your documents notarized by a notary in another state virtually. So once your documents have been signed and notarized and they're all done, your estate planner should be able to help process them and provide you with a digital file for your use and the ability to store your documents for you in a safe place. So again, what is virtual estate planning? Virtual estate planning is a thoughtful, thorough process of creating a detailed plan your roadmap from the comfort of wherever you are comfortable to help protect your loved ones, your legacy, and your relationship. It is not clicking boxes online. It is multiple, fully immersive, and interactive exchanges with another human being using the digital and virtual tools of today, but combined with tried and tested and innovative, customized planning techniques used by experts in the field of tax and estate planning. And with that, We've come to the end of this episode of The Cal Current. I have been your host, Steffi Hafen, and I appreciate your time. Please feel free to follow up with me directly with any questions or comments regarding this episode at shafen at swlaw.com. That's S-H-A-F-E-N at swlaw.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cal Current, a weekly podcast navigating California's legal landscape brought to you by the law offices of Snell and Wilmer. Do you have a topic you would like to discuss? Please feel free to send us your topics to calcurrent at swlaw.com. Be sure to check out our website for more episodes and information about this podcast. We can also be found on all major social media platforms at SWLaw News. Thank you and until next time.